1 Corinthians chapter 16, that's where we're going to start tonight. And we're doing a Bible study on making a stand with Jesus Christ. Making a stand with Jesus Christ. Now we're going to start this, this evening at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. Verse 13. What this study is going to do is this study is going to show you seven things about making a stand with Jesus Christ. It's going to show you seven things about making a stand with Jesus Christ. Why Jesus has you stand? First thing we learned, we learned that last Wednesday. Why Jesus has you stand? Why Jesus Christ has you stand? The second thing we're going to learn, we're going to learn this tonight. What are you standing for? Okay, you're making a stand, but what are you making a stand for? That's what we're going to look at tonight. Thirdly, we'll find out that standing brings persecution. This is the main theme of the study. The main theme of this study is to show you that when you make a stand for Jesus Christ, get ready. You're making a stand, you're going to get persecution. Fourth thing we're going to learn is the benefits of that persecution. You're going to get persecution. We're going to find that out. And then we're going to look at the benefits of that persecution. There's real benefits to being persecuted for Jesus Christ. And then the fifth thing we'll look at is the forms of those persecution. We're going to look at how you're going to be persecuted, what to look for, what to expect in the persecution. All this is biblical. Sixth thing is we'll find out the reasons why you're being persecuted. Why do they persecute me? And we'll look at those reasons why. And then lastly, and I think more, most importantly, is the solution to those persecutions. What do you do when you, when you make a stand for Jesus Christ and then you get started getting persecuted for that? What do you do about that? How do you handle it? What, what you, should you do when you're under persecution? And we'll look at those, and I think that's some of the most important things. Now, last week we studied why Jesus Christ has you stand. And we looked at two reasons. Jesus Christ has you stand to prove something. Jesus Christ will have you stand to do something. Jesus Christ will have you stand to prove something. Jesus Christ will have you stand sometimes just to do something. One of those two, to prove it or to do something. To prove it, we found that in Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. To do something is in Acts chapter 26, verses 12 through 16, if you're writing this stuff down. Before we get too, going too far into this, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just love you, and we thank you for your salvation we have in Jesus Christ, Lord. And we thank you, Father, that uh, you give us wisdom, Lord, out of your book, Lord, and help us. Help us to make these stands, Lord God. And I pray, Father, that... Through your, uh, your Holy Spirit, Lord, you'll give us the courage and the wisdom to make the stand, Lord. God, make a stand when we should make a stand. And Lord, I pray, Father, that you'll bless these people to come out tonight, Lord God, and they'll want to hear from you, Lord. I pray, Father, be like holy manna come down, Lord, that your word will be, uh, we'll read it and we'll, we'll be able to grasp it and retain it, Lord. And Father, I pray your Holy Spirit will be the one that leads us, guides us, and teaches us into all truth. Lord, I pray, Father, that you'll be with us tonight, Lord, and uh, teach us. And I pray in all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13. The first thing we're going to stand, find out is what, are, what you're standing for. Well, first off, we'll find that first one's in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. There's going to be four of these. I'm going to give you four reasons why we stand. Verse 13. Watch ye, Paul writes, watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men, be strong. Okay, let's break that down. First off, he says, watch ye. You need to watch. Have your eyes open. Don't be uh, slumbering, you know, half asleep. Have your eyes open. Be watching. If, you, if you're going to watch for anything, watch for the return of Jesus Christ. Christ told us that. He goes, be watching. Watch ye. Secondly, he says, stand fast. Now, when you see that word fast, 
if you were like me, I automatically thought of somebody running fast. Like you're running, you're, you're quick, you're moving. But fast is being used there in a the sense of like fastened. Something is fastened. It's fastened. Stand fastened. Stand fast. Don't be moved. Don't, you're standing to not be moved in your position. In what? In the faith. In the faith. So the first thing we're, the first thing we're standing for is simply just the faith of Jesus Christ. Sometimes you just make a stand just to defend Jesus Christ. We're getting to the point in this country, this is why we're doing this Bible study, that just a person saying, I believe in Jesus Christ, is making a stand. <laughs> it's sad. Used to be that's what everybody would say. Used to be everybody said, I go to church, and I, I, you know, on Sunday I go to church. Now when you say, I go to church on Sunday, people look at you like, why? What are you doing that for? What, 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 what are y'all learning now? They, they start questioning you almost like you're making a stand when you mention you're going to church. At my work, I'm probably one of, I think I'm one of three people in my whole, there's 20-something people in my department. I think I'm only one of three people that go to church. I'm not saying I'm one of three people Christians in the church. And, and, and I'm not, there's a lot of Christians I go to work, I work with, but go to church on a regular basis, very little. Very little. Somebody stop making a stand for the faith. Make a stand for the faith. It says, stand fast, fastened in the faith. So we're making a stand for the faith. Quit ye like men. Quit like, quit would be defined, quit would be defined. We think of quit like you quit. You quit something. Like, I'm not a quitter. And, and, and that's how the devils came in. The devils came in and made these words negatives. Like, it's a negative. Like, when you say, I'm a quitter or a quit, you're like, somebody's a quitter, and we think of it in a negative term. That term just simply means that you perform something to an end. That's Webster's 1828. The definition for quit is perform, perform something to an end. Quit ye like men. In other words, be like a man and just keep doing it until the end, until it's time to stop. Like a man. We need more men in the church. I remember when I was growing up and uh, we'd have to go to church. My mom would take us to church. It was, a church was full of women. And there were so many times where at that church, the women would come to church and the man would stay home. The church was full of, of situations like that. And I'm glad to be in a church where if the wife doesn't come, a lot of times the man will show up, the husband will show up. And I'm thank, I thank for the Lord for that. The husband cares enough to stand, stand like a man. We want to stand like John Wayne, not like Gomer Powell. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's why some of these churches, I, you know, I, like there's some churches in Brown, people are like, what would you recommend going to church? <laughs> you walk in and, and the pastor's standing like Gomer Powell, shakes your hand like a fish, and, and, and you're like, do I really want to be here? This, guy, this guy's just a weenie. Stand like a man, be a man. There's nothing wrong with being a man. I don't care what the world tells you. Stop mansplaining. Stop sitting like a man. Stop doing it. I'm going to be a man. I love being a man. I make no apologies. You know one of the reasons why they hate this book? It's a manly book. God is shown forth as a man. He, him. All, par all three parts of the Trinity. He, him, God. 
It's a manly book. Quit ye, quit ye like men. Quit you like men. Be strong. Stand like John Wayne, not like Gomer Pyle. Don't run, stand and fight. A real man doesn't run. A real man stands and fights, right? Amen. When we're in school, and I'm, I'm going back to like grade school and stuff like that, when, you, 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 when you've seen somebody about to fight, and you've seen some kid, and you're like, oh man, that kid is going to whip him, they're going to beat him, like a, and you see that one kid jump on that, but that one kid, he stands up, and he falls up, and that one kid jumps on him like a rooster on a June bug, and just whips him like a government mule. You know what happens after that? I respect the kid that got whipped. Because he said, you know what, you're not going to talk to me that way. He was going to fight. You know, little bitty kid's going to fight. Stand and fight. You might get beat, but fight. Amen. Amen. Amen? It's worth the fight. We're talking about fighting for Jesus Christ. Yeah. Man, I've gotten into fist fights at school over other friends. I've gotten into fist fights at school over other girls. I've gotten into fist fights over football teams. I've gotten into fist fights over some of the dumbest, stupidest stuff. I'm not even going to repeat up here. I'm not telling you I want to get into a fist fight over Jesus Christ, but there's nothing wrong with bowing up to somebody and saying, hey, that's my Savior. I love Jesus Christ. I don't mind going to church. Why do we do that? Why do you do that? Because, listen, we got enemies. Each one of you have got enemies. What, you, what I know about an enemy, and we all know this about our enemies, when you, your enemy's after you like a dog, when you turn on that enemy and bow, bow up and stand, that takes a little bit of courage out of your enemy. When you, when you turn around and you say, you know what, I, -uh, I'm standing right here. The enemy will slow up a little bit. It takes a little bit of courage out of me. But when you turn and show your back to your enemy, it's just like a, a dog. It just gives him even more. It just, we know that about dogs. You come up on a dog, you don't turn your back on a dog. You don't run from a dog. You face that dog you have a whole lot better chance. But as soon as you turn and run, that dog's running with you. But when you turn on that, per on that enemy and you stand up to him, because we're righteous in Jesus Christ, amen, you're not standing in your own power, amen. You're not, right? We're standing in the power of Jesus Christ. So when we stand, we're standing in righteousness, right? The Bible tells us that the righteous are as bold as a lion. So when you turn on a, on a dog, rah, 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 and you turn on a dog and rah, you start roaring like a lion, you'd be surprised who would put their tail between their legs and run. What's the best way to handle a bully? Stand up to a bully. We're getting bullied. The world's trying to bully the Christians into keeping our mouths shut. They don't want us talking about church. They don't want us talk. They sure don't want you talking about Jesus Christ. They'll get away. They'll let you say blessed. They might even let you talk about prayer. But and and you can say God, and they'll kind of. But when you say Jesus Christ, that word right there, that name right there, they don't like that name at all. Make a stand. Make a stand. Okay, you're a Christian, amen. We're trying to live the, the Christian life. We all try to live a clean Christian life. You ever been out in the world and they made you feel uncomfortable? It's happened to me a lot. Come around here and blow it in my face. What you doing, pastor? Holding the beer in her hand. 
Man, just come on and talk to you. What do you want here? Blankety, blank, blank, blank. <laughs> Trying to make me feel uncomfortable. How do you pay them back? Talk about Jesus Christ. Talk about Jesus Christ. I'll give you a perfect example. I was driving a trash route. I would stop at the same place every day on my trash route. Well, I would stop at this place to take a break. Stop at this place to take a break. This is years ago, so my wife can't be jealous. This is years ago. Stop and go. And be, there was this girl working behind the counter there. My wife knows the story. Girl working behind the counter. She's like, oh, hi, Keegan. And she started just like this. And it didn't take me long to realize, this girl's kind of flirting with me. And I'm just trying to get me a Dr. Pepper and Funyuns. That's all I want in life, you know? I don't, I don't, want, I don't want you flirting with me or anything like that. And, I, and, and I'm telling you, she flirted with everybody. They had nothing to do with me. She just that way. Well, then this went on for weeks and weeks, and finally I said, you know what? I'm going to put an end to this. So I went in there. There it is again. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, yeah. I said, I said uh, you know I'm a pastor, right? And the look on her face, I said, I need to invite you to church. Why don't you come visit me some? And I handed her one of my gospel tracts, has the thing on there. She didn't talk to me for like two weeks. <laughs> I'd just go back in there, and she just wouldn't even say hi or nothing to me. She was mad at me. I wasn't flirting. I wasn't doing anything inappropriate. She was mad at me because she was acting a fool, and I finally had to say, you know what? <laughs> That's, you don't know who you're messing with. I'm telling you, if you want to get somebody, invite them to church. You want to stop them, say, hey, let's talk about the Bible. Let's talk about Jesus Christ. Let's talk about... Mm, don't you want to talk about sports? Let's talk about Jesus Christ. That's how you get them back. Enemies lose a little courage when you turn your back and when you turn to them and stand, the bullies are best handled by standing up to them. Fighting back. Fighting back. Galatians chapter 5. Let's move on to the next one. Galatians chapter 5. So the first one is we're standing for the faith. We're standing for the faith in Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. Now here's something else you're standing for. This is important in the day and age we're living in. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. This is a very important one in the day and age we're living in. In America. This is one I'm really, this is one of my pet peeves. This is one I've really been hammering lately because of the COVID that we've dealt with. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stand fast in liberty. What are we standing for? We're standing for the liberty that we have in Jesus Christ. Amen. Guys, I'm standing here as a free man in Jesus Christ. This freedom does not come from the American government. This freedom doesn't come from being a Texan. Now, I love all these things. I love being a Texan. I love America. We got an American flag in our church. I'm not anti-American. But what I am is I am a Christian, and I realize my freedom, my liberty, comes from my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I'm going to stand in my freedom and liberty in Jesus Christ. I'm not going to let the government come in and say, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. No, you yes. Or the government come in and say, oh, it's okay for you to do that. I'll tell them, it doesn't matter if it's okay with you. It's okay for you to open up the church. It don't matter what you say. You don't give me that right. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
As soon as you say, oh, thank you for letting it be okay, there'll be a day when the wrong person gets in there and they'll say, it's not okay. And you'll say, well, we want to have church. No, it's not okay for you to have church. That's what's going on in Canada. That's what's going on all over the world. We're lucky to be in Texas. Praise the Lord for that. But guys, as all those cuckoo birds, doo-doo birds, all these other names you can come up with, when they come back down from California like they're doing, New York like they're doing, because they voted all those idiots in, they vote all those idiots in, and then here they come. Oh, we want to get away from all the oppression. Go back up there. You voted those idiots in, you made that bed lie in it. No, they don't want to do that. They want to come down here, Elon Musk, all those other morons. Let's come down here. Let's open up our businesses down here. So they come down to Texas. They open up all these. Guess how they're going to vote? The same way. You can't fix stupid. They were stupid in California. They come down here, and they're stupid down here. I've run into them. I went up from, went up, ran into one of these guys come from Rhode Island, come down here. Guess who he voted for? Biden. Was proud of it. Bragging about it. What are you doing down here, dude? <laughs> Why are you down here? Well, I didn't like it up there. The way they were acting. Don't bring... What the, why are you voting like that down here? We don't want idiots like that running our place. We don't want those idiots. We tolerate Trump. We tolerated him. As long as he did it was okay, we would tolerate him. Texans just tolerate them, right? We're about freedom. Liberty. We're about, that's what we're about. But guys, it doesn't come from the government. It comes from Jesus Christ. So we're standing in Jesus Christ, and we're going to stand with Jesus Christ, and we're going to stand in liberty. So when I stand before anybody, any government agency, any government, anything, I'm standing saying, I have these rights because of Jesus Christ. I have the right to do certain things to you. But like my Savior taught me, I'm going to give up that right. Because I'm supposed to love you. I'm supposed to love my enemies. I'm supposed to go the extra mile. I'm supposed to give up these rights. But I have the right. It isn't given to you. It's given from the Lord God Almighty through my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 5. Let's see this in action. Acts chapter 5. I know I've quoted this verse a lot lately. shown these verses. But man, it's too good not to read it again. Acts chapter 5. We're standing in liberty in Jesus Christ. That's what we're standing for. Not legality. It's liberty. Not legality. Look at Acts chapter 5. We'll be there in verse 27. Acts, Acts chapter 5, verse 27. Notice that when Paul said, Stand fast in liberty which with, wherewith Christ hath made us free, he said, don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He says, don't go back into legality. Laws and standing for laws and uh, regulations. And hey, I'm standing for freedom in Jesus Christ. I'm standing for grace in Jesus Christ. I'm standing for the liberty we have, the freedom, the grace. I'm not standing for legality. I'm not standing for somebody to come up with new laws in the church, tell me what to dress, how to dress, how to act, how to walk, how to talk. That's what the world does. And then you're seeing the world do that, amen? amen. They're telling you how to talk. They're telling you how to think. They're telling you what to do. I got ridiculed just yesterday because I hadn't had a vaccine. 
I got ridiculed at work for that. Ridiculed. You know what that made me change? I thought for like half a second and said, no, no, no. Hadn't changed my mind. <laughs> Hadn't changed my mind. And you're, not, you're going to have to say, well, you to, we're going to have to do it. I said, well, just hold me down and do it then. You're going to have to hold me down. <laughs> you're not going to change my mind, though. And I'm not, telling you how, I'm not telling you how to think. Understand that? If you go get a vaccine, praise the Lord. That's, praise the Lord. I mean that with all my heart. But don't come tell me what to do. And I'm not telling you what to do. But if you come up and mock me and make fun of me, it's not going to change my opinion. Hey, I've been a Christian for many, many years. I can take it. As a matter of fact, it just makes me stand that much harder. Acts chapter 5, verse 27. Peter, oh yes. My main man, Peter. Peter and John. Here we go. And when they had brought them, they captured them. Brought them in. They were preaching Jesus Christ. They set them before the council, and the high priest asked him, saying, verse 28, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name, the name of Jesus? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Amen. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Boy, he's sitting it straight right there, isn't he? Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. Main point of that, verse 29. We ought to obey God rather than men. So when man comes up with some stupid law that goes against God's law, I just ignore it. I just ignore it. Now I believe a Christian should live in, in the, I believe a Christian should follow the laws of the land. I'm not teaching anarchy. I'm not teaching but I'm saying whenever, whenever the government says tells me to do something that goes against what God wants me to do, then I'm going to ignore them. I'm going to make a stand. And I'm, I'm teaching this guys, because there's going to come a day, it's, it's coming sooner than later that making a stand is just going to church. And I'm going to show that to you. Look at 2 Thessalonians 2.15. Let's go to the third one. 2 Thessalonians 2.15. It's coming. It's already happening all over the world. It just hadn't happened in America yet. It's happened some, but we don't hear. I hear these stories, and then I don't hear nothing else. I think they just kind of go away. Lawsuits are filed or something. But 2 Thessalonians 2.15, this is the one I want to focus on, and then we'll get start looking at closing it down. 2 Thessalonians 2.15. Here's the third thing we need to stand for. So we're standing for the faith. We're standing for liberty in Jesus Christ. The third thing we should be standing for is we should be standing for biblical, biblical traditions. Look at verse 15, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now, those traditions are not man's traditions. There's lots and lots of men's, man's traditions. I'm not standing for those. 
I'm not standing if a pastor should be married or, or, or never been married. I'm not going to stand for if a pastor should have a beard or not have a beard. I'm not going to stand if a pastor should have a tie on if he's preaching or not. There's all kinds of nonsense convictions that these different pastors get into that they're going to make a stand for. I'm not going to stand for tattoos or not tattoos. There's pastors that whenever they call a missionary in to preach for them, they make the missionary roll up their sleeves to see if they ha have any tattoos or not, make them take their shirt off, ask their wife to go in the other room with their wives and say, I'm going to see if your wife has a tattoo anywhere on her body. That's the kind of nonsense these missionaries put up with because we have pastors that make a stand for nonsense like that. Forgetting that Jesus Christ has saved men that are in prison that might already had those tattoos and call those men to preach and call them out of a devil's hell. And those are some of the best preachers you could ever meet. That got cleaned up by the Lord Jesus Christ. But they're going to disqualify all those men. Because they want to make a stand about that. In other words, they want to take away that man's liberty and that man's freedom. Because they want to make a stand over one of their pet peeves. I'm not talking about that kind of stand. I'm not talking about the tradition of men. I'm talking about holding the biblical traditions. Do we know this right and wrong? You know, there was a time where preachers preached against alcohol. Preachers preached against drinking. And every time I bring that up in this church, you can feel a physical resistance. <laughs> and I'm not judging you, brother and sister, but i got to preach the Word. It's the same way with sexual sin, lying, stealing, backbiting. All those are sins. All those need to be preached against. But we have a time that we're living in today where the churches have decided it's hard to make a biblical stand on subjects that the world goes against you. And you say, well, people stop coming to the church. People will ridicule us. People, people will not like us. People will think we're hate mongers. We can't make that kind of stand to the point now to where now the church is not only endorsing different lifestyles, homosexuality, they're saying now we think pastors should be homosexual. We should let, let the pastors, if the home, uh, we allow those in. And now this, the churches are in a disarray. They're in a mess. It's horrible. To where you go into churches and there's nothing different between the church and the bar down the road. It's got the same music. It's got the same lights. It's got the same drinking. <laughs> It's got the same thing. What's the difference? Why go to church? It's the same thing. It's got the same sinners in it. You know, you got the same people doing the same thing they're doing in the bar. Nobody's trying to be clean. Nobody's trying to kick, stick to the biblical traditions. Brothers and sisters, it's, a time, it's time for us to make a stand and to stand fast. It, there's going to be brothers and sisters, I believe they're saved. They're going to turn their back on the Bible, and they've done it. And they're going to turn their back, back on biblical tradition, and they've done it. And they're going to not ever look back. But woe unto them when they stand before Jesus Christ. We're going to all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And we're going to have to answer. I'm not saying they're not saved. Listen to me. I'm not saying they're not saved. I'm not saying they're going to hell. I'm saying they turn their back on Christ. They turn their back on the Word of God. And they decide to take the world over the Word of God. And one day they're going to stand before the man that wrote this book. Look him in the face. And he's going to say, Why did you not stick with my word? Man, can you imagine the shame? Peter 
Denied Christ three times. Amen? What happened on that third time? He simply just looked over there and Christ made contact with him with his eyes. That's all that happened. Peter looked. Christ looked. They made contact with their eyes. The Bible says that Peter went out and wept bitterly. The tears aren't wiped away until way off in the revelation. That's when all the tears are wiped away. There's going to be a lot of tears at the judgment seat of Christ. I'm going to be crying some of them. I know the Lord's going to say, there was an opportunity here, you didn't take it. I said this, you didn't take it. I said this, but there's one thing I, I hope and pray. The Lord can't say, you, you disregarded my word. Because I want to be able to say, Lord, I'm dumb, I'm stupid, I lived in the flesh, but I loved your word. And I tried to stand fast on your word. Don't mean I always followed it. Don't mean I was always the best at it. But I understood it and I knew it to be the truth. I was never going to change it. Stand fast. The world's backsliding. The church is backsliding. This was yesterday. May 4th. Timely. Christian official faces jail for believing God. Christian official faces jail for believing God. Alternate headline was, I will not be intimidated into hiding my faith. A far-left government prosecutor, this takes place in Finland. A far-left government prosecutor has announced plans to prosecute and possibly jail a Christian who served for years as a member of Finland's parliament. This is a high-ranking woman including as a nation's interior minister between 2011 and 2014 over her Christian faith. This is a high-ranking Finland a minister, interior minister, that's being, going to be jailed for what she believes. Listen to this. The evangelical focus publication confirmed that Finnish Christian politician, I can't say her name, it's like Rasanen, has been charged for her social media posts. She's posting stuff on Facebook and Twitter. A booklet and her statements during an interview over a span of 10 years. Over 10 years they took her post on Facebook, her Twitter post, her, her booklet that she put out, and things that she said in an interview, and they said, for those 10 years span, we're going to persecute you for what you said. What did she say? Get ready for it. Here we go. She's a medical doctor. She's not a dummy who's the leader of the Christian Democrats in Finland, this is what she said, and is charged with three hate crimes, listen, three hate crimes against homosexuals. The investigation that resulted in the charges took nearly two years, including three different interrogations of Rasanin, this woman. The claim, this is what they claim against her, include that she posted on social media, what did she post on social media that's so horrible She's going to burn homosexuals at the stake? No. Romans 1, verses 24 through 27. That's what she posted. Romans chapter 1, verse, she posted the Bible, guys. And she's about to be thrown in jail for it. And she, it was to criticize a decision by the Finnish Lutheran Church in which she holds membership to take part in, part in the LGBT Pride Festival for homosexuals. For the contents of a booklet about the Bible titled Male and female, he created them. That's what she wrote, which dates in 2004 in her public broadcasting interview where she spoke about what would Jesus think about homosexuals. 
She's given her opinion about what the Bible says, and now they're going to throw her in jail. She said, I do not consider myself guilty of threatening, slandering, or insulting any group of people. She considers them to be shocking charges. These are all based on the Bible's teachings on marriage and sexuality. She says, I'm just quoting the Bible. The prosecutor, listen to this. The prosecutor in the report of offense at a, on the website claimed that the statements were derogatory, discriminatory against homosexuals and violate, violated their equality. See, they tried to get us years ago with race. They tried to get Christians with race. But what they didn't realize is nobody loves each other more than a brother and sister in Jesus Christ. It don't matter if you're black, brown, yellow. You, I've got so many brothers and sisters in Christ and so many different races and creeds and nationalities. I can't even name them all. And I love every one of them. And we're all equal in Jesus Christ. But they've took that now. Now they've applied it to homosexuality. The charges alleges references to the Bible statements about homosexuals. They said about what the Bible says, overstep the boundaries of freedom of speech and religion. Quoting this Bible oversteps your freedom to be able to speak it and believe it. Mm. You say, Brother Keegan, that's Finland. Yeah. And your moronic, moronic government leaders, they worship what Europe does. And they're trying to do everything they can to bring it in here. You can blame Obama for that. A, a, the conviction could lead up to two years behind bars for each offense. A report confirmed the prosecutor, this is what they said about the prosecutor, is a leftist who considers communist Nelson Mandela to be her guru. I worked with a guy that was in the government, high, I mean high up in the, in the military. He just came to work at the city because he just wanted an extra retirement. And he, you would mention the word Mandela, it was like mentioning Niagara Falls. Like on the street, Three Stooges, he just slowly turned. Yeah, Mandela. Yeah, uh, don't you ever say that name around me again. He could tell you some stories about Mandela and make your toes curl. I can't repeat them from up here. Ransom, during the course of the investigation, warned, this is what she warned about happening, whether these investigations are meant to cause censorship and timidity among people who have a Christian conviction. This is what she said. I'm going to use my freedom to believe and to speak accordingly, whatever the outcome of this process may be. She says, I'm going to say what I want to say. I don't care what y'all do to me. Praise the Lord. I want to point out, the Bible says, quit ye like men. I want to point out, I'm reading this. This is a woman. Standing up like a man. God bless her. And if you notice every story I've told on this, it's always a woman. I told the story not too long ago about Oprah Winfrey. How she's saying, there's many ways to God. There's many ways to God. And this poor God bless her, this poor woman in the crowd, she stood up and said, no, Jesus Christ is the only way. Amen. God bless her. You women are dangerous. I love you. We got one woman in here. You say the wrong thing in the paper, she's going to write an article. She's going to write it. She will. God bless her. Amen. What do you call that, Brother Keegan? You call that troublemaking? No, I call that making a stand. 
And we need more Christians to say, nope, that's nonsense. And I'm sticking with the book. But she warned of the message being delivered to the young people. This is what she's worried about. And this is what I'm trying to teach. This is what I'm trying to hammer home tonight. Many, many, especially the young people, are afraid that if they're labeled as Bible-believing Christian, it will hinder their career and social acceptance. I've seen it at my job. Being a Bible believer that believes what the Bible teaches about different things, eh, do we really want that guy up here? Do we really want somebody like that? I can't blame a young person saying, I don't want them to find out I believe the Bible. What if my boss is, what if my other boss is a... See, Christians, we show love. Acceptance has been that way for years and years and years. And for years and years and years, it's like, we want equality. We want to be accepted. We want to just, just accept us for who we are. We're not against you. We're not trying to kill you. We're just telling you it's a sin. So now that the world has said, okay, we now, we accept you, what are they doing now? You need to change. You don't need to be accepted. You need to get out. You need to lose your job. You need to die. I believe what I believe. We don't want that. Get out. They wanted us to show love and acceptance. And we did. Because we're Christians, amen. That's what we do. But when you let them in, what's happened now? You're going to burn. You're going to... That's what they accused us of saying. Hey, I lived it. I got just enough gray hair to be able to have lived it. I've seen it change in America. Here's what she's afraid of. The teachings concerning marriage and sexuality in the Bible arise from love, not hate. The core message of faith is grace and atonement is found on the Christian, founded on the Christian view of humanity seen in creation as the, on the one hand and the great fall on the other. It's all about we're all sinners. That's what she's saying. She also made it clear that she supports the dignity and human rights of all homosexuals because the Christian view of human beings is based on the inherent equal dignity of all persons. I agree. We should treat each other right. Amen? My statements were all based... This is what she had to say. I'm going to close by this. My statements were all based on the Bible teachings on marriage and sexuality. It's all biblical. I will defend my... This is what she said. Now listen to this, guys. I'm, I'm going to close tonight by reading this. I will defend my right to confess my faith so that no one else would be deprived of the right to freedom of religion and speech. What she's saying is something very important about making a stand. When you make a stand, and I've seen this multiple times in my life, when you make a stand, sometimes your stand is... You'll see opposition... But really, you think in your mind, you're like, man, these guys, there might be ten people when you make that stand. And you look around, and all ten, ten of them are looking at you like this. And you're thinking, they're all against me. But some of them are just shocked because they never heard it. They never seen somebody make a stand. Some of them are timid. Some of them are, are, are meek. Some of them, are, they would never do that. And to see you make a stand, some of them are like, just whatever you do, don't rock the boat. Just can't, can't we all just get along? Jesus, did you really have to say that? 
That's what they asked him. Remember? Lord, don't you know you offended them? The disciples asked him. You know what Jesus Christ said? Let the blind lead the blind. They both fall in the ditch. Let's go, boys. <laughs> Offend them. With the truth. We're not trying to out, we're not out there to hurt you. I'm glad somebody offended me into heaven. The pastor had enough boldness to say, you're going to hell without Jesus Christ. You need Jesus Christ. You think I like that message? I was offended. Right up into heaven is how I was offended. I'm going to close by reading the rest of this. I hold on to, she says, I hold on to the view that my expressions are legal and they should not be censored. I will not back down from my views. That sounds a little like John Wayne to me. Not like Gomer Pyle. I will not be intimidated into hiding my faith. The more Christians keep silent on controversial themes, the narrower the space for freedom of speech gets. That's right. She got it. And over in Finland, they're trying to arrest her and throw her in jail. Something she said over 10 years. She said, well, that'll never happen in America. Oh, you, you want to bet? It's coming. They got you. <laughs> they got each and one of us with homosexuality. They got us. And I wondered for years and years, like, Lord, why? I'd be preaching along, and the Lord just laid on my heart, hit that. And I'd hit on homosexuality, and I'd feel the resistance. Oh, oh. And I'd be preaching along, and I'd feel like the Lord lead me. Hit that. And I'd hit on homosexuality. I know some homosexuals, and I'm friends with a couple of them. I'm not inviting them over to my house, but they're not inviting me over to their house. I'm friendly with them, but it's a sin. And they know how I feel about it. They know it's a sin. They know I think it's a sin. I can't speak to them. I'm speaking for me. And I'm speaking in what? I'm speaking what I read in this book. And we're going to have to make a stand. And you're seeing where it's leading. When you make a stand for biblical traditions, it's going to lead in some hard times. Just hang in there, though. Because I'm going to show you the Bible says it's worth every bit of it. That woman right there, she's in Finland. Finland, you think she woke up this morning thinking, there's some old bald-headed preacher in, in Indian Gap, Texas, going to talk about me tonight. I say, God bless her. And I say, Lord, give us more of these women like this. Lord, give us some more men like this. Give us some more young men, some young women that said, you know what? I believe what the Bible says. I'm not going to go along with the world. I'm going to believe what the Bible says. And you know what we find out? When you follow the Bible, you're going to live a lot better life. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord. I love you, Father, and I thank you, Father, for your grace and mercy in my life, Lord. And you know my heart, Father, and I know your word, Lord, that you love every sinner. You died for every sinner, Lord. But, Lord, you call sin, sin. And, Lord, I read it, Father, and it convicts me of my sin. And it might not be homosexuality, Lord. It, just, it might be backbiting. It might be lying. But, Lord, I, I'm a sinner, just like any other sinner, Lord, and I knew that I needed Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I received Him as my Lord and Savior when I bowed my head and prayed, Lord. And I thank You for saving me, Lord, and I know You're in the saving business, and You'll save anybody.
that will come to you, Lord, and ask for salvation, Father. And, Lord, we're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, Lord. We're not out to, to cause trouble to the point where somebody's heartbroken, Lord. We're just trying to show somebody the truth. And, Lord, we're going to make a stand for the truth, Lord. And, Lord, we're going to be bold. And we're not going to let anybody push us around, Lord. We're going to stand with your Bible. And we want to thank you for your Bible, Lord. Because I know I've read hundreds and thousands of books, Lord. Father, you know I've got a, a house full of books, Lord, but I've never seen a book like your book, Lord. That's just It lights up the room, Lord. It's truth. And I'm not going to give it away for nothing, Lord. And Father, I thank you for these people, Lord, that want to help make a stand, Lord. And I pray, Father, that through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they can make that stand they need to make, Lord God. But, Father, I pray you bless them for it. And, Lord, I pray, Father, that you'll give them the courage to do it, Lord. But, Father, help us in these times. It's so dark. And we need help, Lord God, because the stand we make, Lord, is not popular. But I'd rather stand with you, Lord, than with the world. And I thank you, Lord, for everything you do for us. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. 
is putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.